Welcome, and thank you for joining us for Heart for Iran's webinar series, where each month we speak with one of our partners who has the same passion and heart for Iran as we do. We have special guests, Joel Richardson, executive producer of Sheep Among Wolves, and Lucy Boston, executive associate of GCM. Let's take a deeper look at the underground church in Iran while we showcase the documentary, Sheep Among Wolves. Hey, good morning and welcome to our webinar today. Uh, my name is David with Heart Free Run, and we are super excited to be here. We have a great topic, a great guest today. Uh, we're focusing on the film, and we're going to do an in-depth look into the underground house church movement inside of Iran. Uh, so it's going to be a really exciting day. But before we get started, I wanted to mention that today is Giving Tuesday. And we personally at Heart for Iran, one of the things we love to do is get Bibles into Iran. And so we have a goal today to send 684 Bibles into Iran. Uh, and so that's our giving goal for the day. Already, I just got an update already this morning before we went live. We have 112 Bibles. Uh, money for that has been sent in. Remember, we're $7 per Bible. So, hey, if you want to make a pledge or if you want to make a gift during this, please go to this link that's shown below. And I'm going to try to give updates throughout. Uh, and hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll have our goal of 684 Bibles met. So we want to encourage you for that. We're gonna, you know, Giving Tuesday is a wonderful opportunity. And we want to encourage you to uh, be thankful today and do something to give to the nations. But let's go ahead and jump into our topic and welcome some of our guests and, and get into this uh, story today about Sheep Among Wolves. If you haven't seen it, it's a movie that's been created about Iran. And so I about the house church movement, about the underground church in Iran. And so Mike, we know we work in Iran, we do this stuff. This would be a difficult thing to make. It's not gonna be easy to do uh, a movie about the underground church in Iran, security reasons, everything else. So Mike, welcome to today's episode. He's my co-host. And uh, let's get this thing uh, going. What, what's going to be hard about making this movie? Absolutely. Well, I want to also greet everybody who's watching this event. So, yes, as David is uh, asking the question, why is it difficult to make this movie? Uh, let me give you guys some perspective. Uh, within the last... Um, eight months, nine months at Heart Free Iran. We've been meeting you guys every month with various webinars. In these webinars, our goal has been to educate you guys and bring you guys a, a glimpse of what God is doing in the country of Iran, in Afghanistan, in Tajikistan, in the Farsi-speaking world, the Persian world. And uh, many of you guys may think, based on what you hear uh, on, on the news channels, CNN, Fox, BBC, Al Jazeera, whatever outlet you're watching, you may come across an Iran, which is a very difficult country, um, and uh, it's, it's a, a sponsor of terrorism in the region. Um, uh, we also have been telling you that there is more to that story. There basically are two Irans, if you want to think about it. There's one that we all see in the news, but there's one that is, is a country that is filled with people who love to love. These are people who are generous, hospi uh, hosp uh, hospitable, they're very kind, and they are way beyond the politics of their government. These are people who love uh, Americans uh, uh, and, and people from Israel and other countries, and uh, they are embracing the gospel of Jesus like never before. God is moving in Iran. Jesus is alive. Is alive. Uh, he's building his church in Iran, and that is a story that we've been trying to share with you guys and our audience for the past year. Now, one of the uh, most amazing things that was done is that a group of people decided to capture what God is doing uh, in Iran in this difficult region and bring an awakening through an amazing production called Sheep Among Wolves. As a matter of fact, Frontier, Frontier, Frontier's Alliance International, in partnership with Joel Richardson uh, Productions and also uh, with uh, Global Catalytic Ministries, uh, they produce a documentary called Sheep Among Wolves, which many of you guys have either heard about or have seen. Uh, and it introduces the Iranian church to the Christians worldwide. And today we have with us um, uh, people, actually we have Paul Richardson here with us, uh, who is um, the executive uh, producer 
of this uh, of this amazing documentary. And Lucy Boston, who's the executive associate of Global Catalytic Ministries, partners of Hearts for Iran. We're super excited to have you, folks. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Heart for Iran webinar. We're glad to have you with us. We wanted to get it started immediately and ask you guys some questions. Please uh, tell our audience more about, Lucy, this is for you. Tell us more about GCM because apparently the story is about what GCM is doing uh, or is involved with the church in Iran. We would love to hear from you first. Go ahead. Well, Catholic Ministry uh, was started several years ago. Actually, an underground church network started in uh, one city that turned into 25, that turned into over 100. Um, wow. These cities have overflown. This is part of the story, I believe, of what the Lord wants to do in the Persian world um, beyond Iran, um, you know, into a lot of the Muslim world. So our underground church network um, is disciple-making underground, so we're not the above-ground churches, and our network spans into Muslim nations um, led by um, the Persian world. Wow, that's awesome. And Joel, you are the founder of Joel Richardson Ministries, and then you came as the executive producer uh, for this film. Tell us a little bit about your ministry and why you wanted to get involved with Iran. Sure. So, yeah, I'm primarily an author, um, itinerant teacher, and um, real passion for missions. So over the past several years, I've gotten connected with GCM, um, just dear friends of the ministry and um, serve on the board. Uh, but I also serve uh, with Frontier Alliance International, which is another ministry working in the Middle East, primarily Iraq, Syria, uh, Cyprus and Israel. And um, both ministries are good friends. And so I've just tried to essentially um, leverage my public platform to try to bring the West's attention to what GCM is doing uh, in the underground church there and really just try to encourage uh, the Western church to get involved, to partner in prayer and support and um, just to get excited about what the Lord's doing in the Middle East because it's often not heard. Amen. Amen. That's good. So how did you guys come together to you know, create this film, what prompted the idea, let's make a movie about what's happening inside the underground church. Yeah, it's a real, it's actually a funny story. So essentially, um, so I'm actually the co-producer uh, of the film, Dalton Thomas, who's the executive director of FAI, Frontier Alliance uh, International, FAI Studios, uh, created the film. We had really traveled, I won't say what country, we were um, not in Iran, but we were with a group of the leaders from the underground church, and we really didn't ha have a strong plan to make a movie. Um, we were just meeting him with them, sharing and so forth, and um, because we've made movies in the past, we had some of our camera equipment, and we s just started filming. Um, this is the first film that was released years ago, and it was in the midst of that, and this was really the first time that I was getting to know a lot of the leaders. And I think for those in the West, you know, we imagine the leaders of the underground church in Iran. We think, you know, they're the, the two percenters, you know, they're the hardcore, you know, this is going to be like meeting Paul the Apostle or this type of thing. <laughs> but as we got with them, it was, it was such a different picture. They were... Um, just normal people with incredible, mm. um, as as Dr. Ansari shared, um, just incredibly hospitable and warm and loving with a great, I'll even say goofy sense of humor. Um, many of them women and uh, families, you know, with children and legitimate fears um, concerning what they were doing, but nevertheless still taking leadership role in one of the most powerful and admittedly dangerous moves of the Lord throughout the earth. And that's where the name came up uh, as we were filming. We said, you know, I looked at Dalton and I said, it's like, it's amazing that these are the ones that the Lord has chosen to lead this movement, this resistance movement against the devil. And I said, it really is like sheep among wolves. And he looked at me and he said, that that's the name of the film. We're going to call it sheep among wolves. And it just clicked. And, um, Amazingly, we came back from that trip and Dalton edited the first film in one week. Wow. And uh, 
put it out there and it really took off. And what's amazing is not only has it encouraged the Western Church in terms of what the Lord's doing there, but it's sparked um, a tremendous number of young people to actually commit their lives to uh, the missions movement um, in terms of deciding to become missionaries with a heart for the least. It's been amazing the testimonies um, that we've had from that. And then, of course, just this past year, we released Sheep Among Wolves Part 2, um, which has now been seen, I think, well over, uh, I, I think it's close to about half a million views at this point. That's well, our audience, um, I want to I want to ask our audience, if, if your church, it doesn't matter what, de what denomination, uh, you definitely need to connect with these guys. Uh, their their uh, video, Sheep Among Wolves, on YouTube, there's going to be a link right now on the screen that, that would drive you guys to where to find that. Uh, we want to ask you, uh, we want to confirm the fact that Joel is saying that there are women that are actually at the very forefront in our ministry, Heart for Iran. We're also seeing the same thing too. We're realizing that a lot of Iranian women are really, really bold. They're standing there leading uh, the churches, the underground churches, the movement. They're, they're courageous. They have the power of Holy Spirit and they're standing in the gap. Uh, and Lucy, I wanted to ask you a question. Why Iran? What are you guys seeing happening in Iran? Can you tell our audience what are some of the trends that are happening in Iran that most people may not know about that is the reason that you guys started focusing on Iran? You know, I thought you were going to ask me uh, about why women. <laughs> you know, so I was, all, I was all ready to tell you about, about why women. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, women and women of Iran are actually different than women in a lot of other Middle Eastern countries. You know, the women are, are really bold. The women um, mm -hmm. put themselves out there. They, um, they're hardcore. I mean, like, I'm Italian and they put me to shame. Like, I thought I was bold. Um, but, you know, Persian women really have, um, have and they have access. We, we think about, like, you know, what you see, I don't know, and it's like about how the Saudi women, like, started being able to drive. And all of those things Joel could probably speak more into this, but when all of those, um, you know, as far as like the levels of how much freedom women have like in Iran, they never, you know, they, they've never really lost freedom and they always, they have way more access. If you think about that, that women um, have influence in the home, they have influence in the communities, they're in each other's homes. It actually, uh, you know, so, so I, I kind of see these two things coming together. So why Iran and also this women's movement, I mean, it's not just a women's movement, it's it's the women really have this access and they have this zeal. And so in a Muslim context of all of the countries, why Iran? I, I mean, the, um, one of the things that was so profound to me was to learn about how Western, I mean, that just blows your mind, how Western Iran is. We don't think of Iran as being a Western country we think of it as you know what we're presented you know in fox news but it's the most western i've heard of many of the middle eastern countries uh as far as the way they dress what they're what they watch what they you know this is what we think it looks like <laughs> you know this is what i thought it looked like um but then like what joel shared but when you meet um you know iranians uh, who live inside the country. I'm not talking about Iranians who've, you know, moved to the West. They have a much different look. They um, they actually um, love Americans. They don't hate Americans. They, they are so much like us. They have this ability to reach many different people. Primarily, one reason is just because of language and culture, because they adapt to language and culture very easily. And, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Joel was the largest um, Jewish uh, community outside of Israel in Iran up until like five or 10 years ago. I mean, that's how diverse inside of Iran, like there's the most languages of the Middle East inside this country. Um, but I think that the biblical reason is actually uh, more important than all of these social, economical reasons. The biblical reason, which was tied in the film so well it's kind of the punchline and, and if you haven't seen it i really don't want to give a spoiler but the biblical reason why um, is really what blew me away as i've been you know praying for this nation for many years now wow let me i, I just want to ask for both of you guys a quick question 
So, Joel, you, you made a really great point, which is, you know, when you got to know these uh, underground believers, they weren't what you expected. Uh, for both of you, what are some of the other kind of takeaways or some of the other uh, things that surprised you after making this film about the underground movement and what it actually looks like? So <clears throat> I think that surprised a lot of Westerners. Again, it's perception versus reality. You know, when you ask most Westerners, what do you think of when you think of Iran? They're going to say Ayatollah Khomeini, Ahmadinejad, all of these people wearing burqas, shaking their fists, saying death to America, death to Israel, this type of thing. Um, but the reality is, that, again, just a little bit of, of history. 1979, you had Ayatollah Khomeini, you had the Iranian Revolution. There was the imposition of Shia Iranian Islamic government and law. Well. Again, that's now, we're talking 40, uh, 40 years ago. Um, it was, in so many ways, a suffocating um, reality. And so 40 years later, the Iranian people, um, one, uh, there's two dynamics. One, they're suffering. So this is something that surprises people, is to say that Iran actually has one of the highest drug addiction rates in the world. Okay, so there, it's a nation of addicts. It's a nation of dysfunction and brokenness, um, people with broken spirits. Um, again, there's that dynamic that they do tend to be very Western friendly. But there's also in the midst of that brokenness, there is, a, even though they've essentially rejected Islam, the mosques by and large are empty. It's not to say that the regime um, and many of those that essentially work for the government aren't still religious and devout. There's still a percentage, but the majority of the people, um, they're tired of Islam. They've recognized that Islam is not the answer to their groan, uh, to, the, to that sigh, that yearning within them. And they still, um, despite having largely rejected Islam, have a deep God hunger. They have mm -hmm. a deep uh, spirituality, if you will. They're yearning for the Lord. So look, the Lord is always not just 10, but 10,000 steps ahead of Satan. And what uh, Ayatollah Khomeini was trying to accomplish with the Iranian revolution, that was the work of Satan, but the Lord was far ahead of him. And he's used, strangely enough, he's used the Iranian revolution to cause a deep hunger in the people. And he's he's using this to, to actually spark just these natural circumstances, this bit of history. He's using this to spark uh, a revival because the Lord's heart is turned toward those that are poor, to those that are broken, to those that are hungry. And that's, you really have the perfect storm, so to speak, the perfect dynamic set of circumstances in Iran right now. Wow. Um, for those of you who are joining us, we are live right now. We, are, we could take your questions. If you are watching us through either uh, Vimeo or YouTube, please uh, uh, share your questions with us. Could ask our guests. Um, uh, also, we wanted to let you know that um, we are talking today about uh, the documentary, the, the, the two-part documentary, uh, Ship Among Wolves, that was produced uh, in partnership between three organizations telling the story of the underground church in Iran. I wanted to go back to the last statement that George was making, uh, and he was saying that uh, in Iran there's a hung hunger. We could tell you that uh, that's absolutely true. In our ministry, Joel and Lucy, I wanted to share with you in Heart for Iran, uh, in 2020, you know, it was a gut punch with, uh, with COVID happening around the globe. Everybody was affected. So we had no idea what is going on with, with ministry in, in a region like Iran, which was really hard. But um, we started talking about the message of hope. And when you talk about hunger, Joel, I wanted to let you know that um, between uh, January and uh, now we're talking about December of uh, 2020, over 35,000 Iranian Muslims have decided to follow Jesus, have contacted us, have prayed with our call center, uh, they have decided to leave Islam for Christianity. I think what you are uh, trying to capture and tell the stories of these, what we call Muslim background believers, NBBs. These are people who were born into Islam, are, are uh, Muslim, maybe even in, uh, you know, secular Muslim, nevertheless Muslims in the country of Iran, and this spiritual hunger that you refer to is bringing a whole lot of these individuals to a place of finding about Jesus. Uh, what you captured in the movie was phenomenal because you mentioned that um, it's not all rosy. 
not just uh, being able to find Jesus through dreams and visions and, and the church in Iran is paying a price. Tell us more about the price they're paying. Tell us about the persecution. Tell us about the, 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 the essence of the movie that you're trying to communicate, God's heart for these people, so our audience would understand what is happening to the church in Iran. Either one of you. Did you want to start? <laughs> say, you go for it. <laughs> You want me to go for it? So let me just say this, um, you know, it, it does surprise people, as Lucy mentioned, that actually a pretty large Jewish, uh, there remains a fairly large Jewish community in Iran. Of course, they have to, you know, be very careful in terms of what they say. They have to sort of, um, they have to, uh, you know, cater to the government and this type of thing. But there is a, a fairly, uh, Iran is a very diverse nation. Um, Culturally, uh, ethnically, there's various ethnic groups in Iran, um, but there have been Christians. Um, you have various uh, traditional Christians, like the Armenians and Chaldeans and different um, Christians that are there. But it was sort of during the 90s that the government really started, again, after the uh, revolution, really cracking down on evangelicals. And it was really in 2005 when uh, President Ahmadinejad came in, that the persecution really began ramping up. It used to be, if you were a Christian, you might get interrogated. There might be some of this, you know, you might maybe even get put in prison for a few days. Um, there were some martyrdoms and churches were closed down. Now it's gotten to the point where the church has really gone underground. Um, when it, the, the, the nation is essentially a mafia state. So what that means, the economy is hurting so bad um, inflation is so astronomical that many people, um, essentially, they take a job with the government. They turn in their neighbors. It's just, it's a, they're trying to survive. They're trying to, you know, make a living. And one way to curry favor with the government is to essentially join the, uh, the regime apparatus and, uh, again, turn in your neighbors. So everyone's paranoid. Everyone's afraid. Nobody can trust anyone. And when the secret police do come and raid some of these churches, it's not unusual for the secret police themselves to abuse and even rape uh, the women and this type of thing in prison. And there's even, you know, cases now where they can potentially face the death penalty. So it's been a gradual, uh, it's been increasing, you know, squeeze, let's say, over the past 15, 20 years. It's really gotten to the point where I think the government recognizes that it's actually threatening their legitimacy. Um, mm -hmm. You have a, a, a counter narrative. You have this this group preaching that Jesus is the savior, not their invisible twelfth imam, their mystical Islamic Messiah figure that they that they claim they are being guided and led by. Um, again, that gives them their their legitimacy and authority. So you have this alternative message, and they recognize it as a threat, and they're they are treating it um, as a threat. So it's definitely gotten much much worse. Wow, Lucy, in uh, your ministry, GCM was featured in this film. So you guys actually are working inside the country and also around the world um, you know, doing discipleship and the, the type of underground church ministry um, that you guys do. Um, what, what were some of the dangers maybe about this and what kind of response uh, have you received from this film as people find out about the ministry that's happening and what you guys are doing. I think anytime you highlight um, or put the light on uh, what the Lord is doing in an Islamic country, especially Iran, you know, you're always nervous to getting negative attention. You're always nervous, you know, what, you know, will there be backlash spiritually, physically? Will our website get taken down? <laughs> you just never know what's going to, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and so you're definitely nervous about about it, but then there's that tension because you know the West is so asleep, and the hour is um, is great. And in the West, we are crying out for the church in America, you know, to wake up. And we we believe, you know, people like Joel and I, we believe that seeing this, like seeing that people are they live in fear, but yet they continue. They don't the fear them back it doesn't restrain them not knowing if it's safe to go not knowing they'll come home this, this is real christianity 
Like this is what America does, hasn't tasted. And if the church in the West can get a shot of this in the arm, then it's worth it. You know, it's worth putting, um, putting it out there. And of course, we take the security precautions. Of course, names have been changed. Faces have been blurred out. Voices have been, have been changed. Um, but but we, we still feel a strong, um, we feel the importance of reaching the masses um, in an effort to wake up the church. And I think that it's working. Um, Joel said half a million views. I, I don't know how many actual views, but I do know um, we were, we gave, we were given a number that there was 60,000 watch parties. And if you know the difference with like a, um, you know, like if you have one screen, but you may have a hundred or two hundred, or maybe your church is hosted, like viewing that counts one view. So if there's hundred thousand views, that could represent more than a million or two million people that have right. potentially seen this film um, and been awakened. Um, we have people contacting us all the time. How can we, you know, how can we get involved? How can we help? What can we do? Um, so it is working. People are are being awakened by this. Just follow up with that real quick. I, mean, I, I like what you're saying because we believe the same thing. As we share the message of what's happening in Iran with the West, we really believe that God will use that to move the West. So I just want to land there for a second. I mean, do you have some real examples of people that, you know, maybe it's sparking a revival here in America or some people is changing their heart at least uh, towards the world or towards uh, their own Christianity. I mean, do you have some examples of that that you could share? We have a lot of examples. Um, I'm trying to think of, of, of one in particular, but um, one of the biggest things I can tell you um, unofficially, and I, I can't give you news to this, but there's been a lot of church leaders, recognizable names that if I said them, you'd know who they were. Uh, in America who have actually come to us and said, we need help. Our, our church, our church is asleep. Our church needs to go underground. Our church needs to grow. We recognize that the system doesn't work, that we're just preaching a message to the same group of people. And if they change churches, it's just a believer going from one church to another. It's not our growth, is eternal growth. And so there has been an awakening, I'd say actually since COVID. Awakening, and I think that's kind of what happened with Sheep Among Wolves Volume Two. It's almost like it started getting rewatched over the last six months. People said, "Hey, I've been wanting to watch this film, and now that I'm home in quarantine um, or something, I don't, I don't know why, but in the last six months, um, many, many ministries uh, have been coming to us and saying, "We need, we need help. Like the church in America needs your help. Will you pray for us?" And so, part of what I do. Is um, I have a prayer network, an international prayer network, and I have in-country prayer networks in many countries. And part of what I do is connect the body. And so we have this amazing network that has been formed and praying for this moment um, that we were able to activate. So I'd say the biggest testimony is that our um, prayer network throughout Canada, Latin America, and and you know, and North America has actually been really activated. Um, and was ready to go um, to begin praying for this, uh, what God is doing, you know, in the West. And I want to go ahead and uh, for the sake of uh, the knowledge of our, our viewers, I want to recap what's happening in the past. The first millennia, the first thousand years of Christianity, Iran and that entire Middle East region, what we call the, the hotbed of, of Islam, it used to be Christian. Uh, when Islam came about, there was a systematic eradication of Christianity from uh, in the country of Iran in particular, which is the focus of our conversation today, um, it's an Islamic country. It's a uh, uh, 99% Islamic country. However, 40 years ago, there was a revolution and it became, uh, it became an Islamic republic. Soon after that, a lot of Iranians started questioning, asking hard questions about Islam. They were disillusioned with Islam. And you started seeing trends of people leaving Islam for other faiths. Realizing that the vast majority of Iranians folks have left Islam for Christianity, so much so that Iran is right now one of the largest countries in the Middle East where there's a mass exodus from Islam to Christianity. World 
Revelation says that Iran has the largest uh, growth of the underground churches uh, compared to other nations in the last few years. So there's a trend going on. Now, the church in Iran is very much underground. It's not overground. It is illegal for Muslims to become Christians. Bible is not readily available. The, the church, as you and I know, in the West is not available in Iran. So what our friends did, they, did, they decided to capture the story of God's work in the country of Iran and telling us that God is alive and, and Jesus is building his church. Now, one of the things that we wanted to focus on today is um, these people in Iran who are becoming Christian, uh, they don't have access to the Bible. And that's why in Giving Tuesday uh, today, we are asking you guys to stand next to us to send Bibles to Iran. Each Bible is going to cost us about $7. And if you guys click on the link that is on screen, you'll be able to join us on Giving Tuesday and be able to sponsor even one Bible. If one Bible goes to the country of Iran, these people find out about Jesus, families will be transformed. Uh, so we want to ask you to join us. I want to go uh, to Joel. I want to ask you a question. We were producing this, this uh, documentary. We, we heard from Lucy that uh, over, um, you know, 500,000, a half a million views uh, were, were there. How do you think the Western audience received the, the message of the, of the documentary? Was it to your expectations? Uh, to, uh, and how, what would be the central message that you want to relate to the heart of the church in the West? You know, it's interesting. I think this past year, the West has been um, surprised, obviously, with everything that's happened with COVID. But it's not just COVID. There is a lot of trends that have the Western, um, Western Christians concerned. We can see legitimate, the beginnings of what I'll call legitimate persecution emerging here in the West. And so most often, American Christians tend to view ourselves as the heart of the Christian world. We you know, send out teaching and, and um, teachings and different things all over the world. And in many ways, we do. We tend to take the leadership. But what's interesting is the Lord's doing, he's flipping the script mm. in so many ways. Now, we have our younger brothers and sisters who have incredible experience. Now, they have, uh, you know, again, a few decades of experience of legitimate, real persecution. Um, this is not about going back and reading stories about what the early church went through. We have sisters and brothers today living that have experienced it, that have been in prison, right. that have lost loved ones. And so it really is an issue of learning from them. And I think the Western church is recognizing this, that we have a lot to learn from them. It's not as though they don't have a lot to learn from us as well, right? They have to be discipled. They have to be taught. Jesus said, teach them, you know, to obey everything that I've commanded you. And baby Christians need to be discipled. But likewise, we in the West, we're big, but we're often very shallow. Mm -hmm. And so that's been our heart is just to create this exchange, create this relational exchange. And then that relationship often develops through prayer networks and through praying for people, not just becoming aware of them, but actually partnering with what the Lord is doing through prayer, that these networks are developed. And, um, and of course, we're also trying to expand upon some of the, the wisdom and the teaching that's come out of the film. So it's been very positive. And I think the Lord is purposefully, again, using the insanity of this year to further awaken us and to push us in that direction. Because I don't know how long, but I think it is, uh, it's coming that we here in the West are going to be dealing with many of the same challenges um, that they're dealing with there in the, in the Farsi-speaking world. Joe, let me follow up on that. I mean, I, I think this dynamic that you're talking about is so important. As Westerners, when we engage with the uh, underground church, the persecuted church, it really does a lot for me. And it has changed me to be a part of this type of ministry. Um, and I think this is a really cool dynamic is, um, you know, we go trying to serve and then we wind up being minister too. So I just want to ask personally, uh, what what's something you've walked away from this uh, in interaction with? What's a takeaway or what's a, a personal experience that you have that really changed life um, or changed the way you think about what ministry should be or, or what it is? Well, this, um, one of the things that we do talk about in Sheep Among Wolves 
do is we talk about the discipleship method, uh, DMM, that GCM is using. Um, and we really emphasize that it's a very specific model that's working well in the context of a high persecution situation. But let's say this, I am, I am someone who is for every model, anything that works. I believe in big churches. I believe in traditional churches. I believe in home groups, underground groups, you know. So um, this isn't an issue of, um, you know, pitting one particular model against another. Sure. I just want to be clear there. Um, but I think one of the things that the film has demonstrated to a lot, and Lucy touched on this, um, traditional Western pastors is the fact that they don't have that. They don't have that option. And yet, again, uh, you know, Joshua Project and some of these missions groups have said that the church in Iran is the fastest growing church in the world. They're multiplying at about a 20% growth per year. I mean, that's that's a astronomical, you know, expand that out five years and the church doubles about every five years or so. Um, and so I think it's impacting people in terms of they're looking at like models, how we've done church in the past, and it's not saying it's wrong or it's bad, but per perhaps there's some different approaches um, that we can even be implementing here in the West. But um, I mean, there's so much more that you could talk about just in terms of personal stories and different things, but that's that's definitely a biggie. Um, like I said, I think the Lord is up to something, uh, you know, globally, not just in Iran. He's actually using what's happening in Iran to to assist and prepare the global church uh, in, a, in a very specific and strategic way. Amen. Amen. Well, I, we heard earlier in the year 2020, there was a assassination of one of the Iranian military leaders. Uh, just a few days ago, uh, there was a second assassination of, of another scientist, a nuclear scientist in Iran. Lucy, I want to ask you this question. How do you think these... Um, uh, these uh, political uh, events that are happening in Iran is affecting on the ground church which you guys are serving in Iran. Is it affecting them? And if so, how is it affecting them? Um, you know, all I can say is I'll give it a statement that the more upheaval, if you will, um, the faster the church grows. Um, and I think that's why we're even having this um, you know, why the, the West is looking at the East for help. The, the church grows under persecution. So it, it, it's going to put on more pressure. It's going to put in more fear. It's going to, um, you know, and I can't speak to what's happening right, like today, right this second. But, you know, going from what happened earlier in the year and following that trend, um, you know, there's going to be more restrictions. There's going to be more fear. There's going to be... Um, more people confused and looking for the truth. And that's only going to grow the church. You know, the, the thing that grows the church is simplicity. Multiple comes out of simplicity. And so the more um, upheaval you have and the more chaos you have, life is simpler. Like, think about it. You know, I, I guess, you know, if you live in an area where there's a lot of hurricanes or tornadoes, you know, something like that, you know, if there's a crisis in your neighborhood, in your community, you go into survival mode. You know, you're in your houses, you've got no electricity, you're gathering friends, you're lighting candles, you're, building cars, you're, build, you're getting into community with each other. So you think about the more chaos just drives people closer, I think, in uh, closer community. So America, we have too many options. We've always had too many options. There's, there isn't, I don't want to say there isn't enough chaos. <laughs> But, but anytime there's something massive going on, that's why the church would grow. It actually brings people together. Wow. That's really a great point. It's so, such an interesting and um, salient point, Lucy. Uh, we, I just want to mention one thing. Today is Giving Tuesday. We're talking about that. I'll give a quick update. Um, we, are, we have 518 Bible requests left. So we've already uh, filled 166 of those during this time. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, you know, make sure you make it time to give and send a Bible into Iran. Along that point, uh, we're getting a question about how do we get Bibles into Iran? So people always ask that. We <laughs> told you 
a lot of the details and we don't share those things, but it does bring up a point. You know, you're working with the underground church. Joel, you've witnessed it. If, is there anything you can share about some of the precautions that the underground church has to take and, and some of the things, you know, resources that they need or how are they getting access to things? Anything you, that you feel comfortable sharing? We definitely want to be secure and don't want to give too much away. But please, I just want to to you, Lucy, what are some things that you're seeing that you might be able to share with the audience? Um, as far as Bibles being brought into Iran? Well, Bibles are just security, security protocols in general that the underground church is taking uh, to, to spread in the midst of persecution. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could if I could share that, um, David. I think you're the one who carries all the Bibles in, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, yeah, <laughs> the question has come up. I mean, you opened up this this uh, this can of worms. Uh, yes, uh, Lucy, Hearts for Iran is extremely involved in getting Bibles into the country. The, the beauty of it is that we don't do it by ourselves, folks. We do it through partnership. Uh, we've worked with amazing ministries like GCN, like people like Joel Richardson and others uh, who have uh, access and resources and networks in the country of Iran. It truly is a collaboration. When we come together, our reach is mightier and our strength is mightier and God is there. So I just want to say we may not be able to answer David's question. And I know that's the question that came up because um, there, there's some sensitivities. Lucy, um, um, what David said is that for our audience in America, an average Iranian that becomes a Christian, they can't just go on the street and just preach the Bible, right? They can't just go out to the bookstore and buy the Bible. I mean, that's, give, give a perspective of the reality of, mm -hmm. of the Iranian Christian community in Iran that you guys have captured so well yeah. in the Wolves. Yeah, and I think that if you haven't seen the film, I just really encourage you to see the film. Weaved throughout the film, we, we do talk about this disciple. Method um, that Joel made mention of, and and the bottom line is, you know, whether you're a Muslim, you're allowed, or, or you're in a country where you share the gospel or not share the gospel, the methodology makes sense because you walk up to anyone and you begin with Jesus. Anything that they already know or believe or have been told about Jesus is the canvas of what you're painting on top of. And in a sense, what we do is by not giving the Bible out in the streets, which is what we don't do, by not preaching the streets, which we don't do, we are allowing the um, discipleship process for people to unlearn Islam and begin with the Father and with the Creator and learn scripture from Genesis to Christ. And in that God presentation, um, not only... Um, have we found that it's secure, but we have found um, that it actually builds a foundation for um, a deep-rooted disciple of Christ. So it's security, um, but it also um, makes sense in discipling. So people do get Bibles, but we don't start with the Bible. We start with preaching Jesus. Um, and so on the it's really not the way that they weave that to you know how evangelism works in in that context. You, you just mentioned something. You said the word unlearn Islam. I also wanted to share with you that the opposite of that is also true. We've had people call us uh, who said the more they learned about Islam, true Islam, the more they realized that it is not for them. Right. Uh, and, and that's that's also another side of the coin. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what, uh, what plays into the question that members just uh, asked right now. I want to bring it to you. Um, Joe, maybe you could answer this. Has sheep among wolves been translated for Iranians to see? Because uh, it's quite possible that a majority of Iranians that are living in Iran may not know the level of persecution or the, uh, the growth of the church in Iran. Have you guys, mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the question again, has sheep among wolves been translated for Iranians to see? No, it hasn't, and we've talked about it. Um, I'm not sure if uh, those that are in the film, I, again, I think there was just some insecurity. Um, even in terms of, we 
know that the regime pretty much watches everything we do, and we assume every time we put out a video that they're watching it and this type of thing. But nevertheless, there's almost, I think, a measure of not wanting to give them too much. Um, any little bit of information they're going to latch onto and use uh, again against us. You know, I will say this in terms of security. Obviously, we can't talk about techniques or anything, but the funny thing is, in the Middle East, um, in the Islamic world, um, there's always sort of this conspiratorial mindset that thinks every missionary actually works for the CIA, and so, or every Christian works for the CIA, or you know, they they have some anti-government agenda. So there's all that dynamic working um, against the church. But I will just say this that you know again being part of uh gcm and seeing the inner workings it really is pretty intense the level of security experts that we have to hire and the protocols that everyone does go through um, because it's not yeah the government the iranian government it, they're very very sophisticated um and they are looking and searching and and so there's pretty much not a security protocol that that they don't have to live with but just to boil this down for the average Western Christian watching this, imagine you, you imagine in your head the underground church, you imagine them meeting in homes and singing quietly and this type of thing. They can't, when they visit their friends, they can't walk in and say hallelujah because the next door neighbor in the apartment might hear someone say hallelujah. They can't sing quietly because if the neighbors simply hear them worshiping quietly, they could be reported. So it's, I mean, it's, it's extreme in terms of the, the protocols that they have to go through. But then I'll just say this, when you get them out of the country, because Persians are passionate, you get them out of the country and finally they can sing and they can worship. And it is a great time. It's part of time. Um, the Persians love to worship and there's no better time than to get a bunch of Iranians when they get outside of the country and the government's not watching and they have the opportunity to sing and worship and dance because they go for it. And it's a, it's a fantastic time. That's tremendous. So let me just quickly touch on Sheep, Sheep Among Wolves came out. It's on YouTube. We have the link. Everyone, please do a watch party, watch this thing and get it. What made you guys decide to make Sheep Among Wolves 2? And what are the differences there? I just want to ask a little bit about the second film. With the second film, we really wanted to share some specific testimony. And um, we actually really went for some artistic production quality there. We've got some great music. Um, Jess Ray has a song called um, Gallows, which the, the, the line in the song is the devil is going to hang on his own gallow. And so obviously it's using the story in the Bible of Haman, which of course was, you know, over there in Persia. Um, we all know the story of Esther and Mordecai and so forth. And Haman hatches this plan, let, let's just say in partnership with the devil, to come against God's people. But in the end, again, the Lord's all a thousand steps uh, ahead, and Haman hangs on his own gallow. Well, likewise, what Satan has tried to do in the nation of Iran, um, the Lord is actually using for his own purposes and his own glory. And let me just say, not only in Iran, but throughout the Middle East, you know, we could look at prophecies in the Bible, Isaiah 19, that talk about this end-time revival in Egypt and in Assyria, really throughout the heart of the Middle East. You can look at other passages. Isaiah 60 speaks of during the Messianic age. You've got multitudes coming up from Saudi Arabia and coming down from Lebanon. You know, parts of the world that we don't imagine that there would be a great revival. And if you say, well, this is what the Lord says is going to happen, um, you know, is there any evidence? And, you know, in the natural, you might not see it a lot, but it is happening in Iran. We wanted to share the reality. We wanted to share the good news that's coming out of the Middle East and specific individual testimonies. And so one of the testimonies um, that one of the sisters shares is her story of attempting to commit suicide. She tried to hang herself. And so, again, this ties in with the theme of the song Gallows and, you know, the story of Haman. She tried to kill herself, but in the midst of this experience, she had a vision of Jesus. Um, she, she had a life of tremendous abuse and so forth. And he came to her and she walked out of this experience laying on the ground. The, uh, the rope that she had tried to hang herself with was laying on the ground. Um, the doors in the room 
were locked, but someone had been there and taken her down, laid the rope on the ground, and she knows that she had this personal experience with Jesus. So we use her testimony again and the song itself as just sort of a uh, an anecdote to talk about the large purposes, the larger thing that the Lord is doing with Iran. And um, and so it really, it's just an expansion on the first film, but it's, uh, the production quality is, is definitely much better. I do want to go ahead and share talk with our audience. You may ask yourselves, well, what is my role? I want to tell you the Bible gives all of us, um, you individuals and your churches and communities, the Great Commission. We need to support the Great Commission. It is happening around the globe. Um, we are going in a, in a minute uh, to ask our, our, uh, our friends to let us know more about their ministries. We encourage you to support their ministries because what they're doing, it, it matters, it counts. But also, we want to encourage you uh, as we approaching the holiday season, the Christmas season and New Year's in your own communities uh, in, in the West, uh, no matter where you are in America and Europe, there probably are some Iranians in your neighborhood. And I ask you to reach out to them. This is a great time to be able to Go visit them. Tell them about the loving um, uh, grace of, of our Father through His Son, Jesus. Uh, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. Reach out to GCM. They have vast resources to be able to help you uh, approach Muslims in your be able to give them the gospel. Uh, uh, we also have resources at Heart for Iran. Reach out up to us and we'll be able to give you resources, Farsi Bibles uh, and Jesus name and other resources. If your communities in America, uh, holiday season is a great time to be able to share the story of Jesus with people. Um, we want to ask you, we want to empower and encourage you guys to please uh, uh, partner with the ministries that we are introducing to you through Heart Free Run. It's focused with our brother um, uh, Joel Richardson and Frontier Alliance International. These three ministry, uh, ministries. Um, are going out and putting uh, their lives in danger to be able to bring the gospel to people. So please visit them and support them. Uh, see, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for people to, to come across GCM, your, your website, and connect with you guys and find out more about you? If you just go to ministries.com, uh, there's a contact button right at the bottom. And just shoot us an email and we will connect with you. We'll give you any information we can give and help, you know, give you resources. Um, and then also, you know, like I said, if you want to get involved, we have an amazing prayer network. We would love you to pray with us. We have a prayer guide um, specifically for sheep among wolves and for these themes that we've talked about today, like how to pray for the persecuted church. There's some downloadable, printable prayer guides um, on our prayer page as well. You guys are also involved in other countries besides Iran as well. Did you want to... You just mentioned so so our audience would know. Yeah, in fact, you see right on our homepage, you'll see there's a big uh, splash that says "Fuel the Front Lines." Um, actually, this Giving Tuesday, what we are doing for this next um, 30 days, we are raising funds for 2021 to expand to some new territories. I, I can't tell you the names of those countries; <laughs> they're highly restricted. Um, but we are mentoring and training leaders um, in more than 14 countries right now. And we're launching new work in two of the most dangerous countries. Um, if you follow the World Watch List, um, most of those countries that are in the top 10, top 15 are the countries where we're, where we're in. Wow, this is great. I just want to tell you guys both, thank you so much for being on this episode. There's so much more we would love to get to and talk about this but for everyone watching you need to watch the film among wolves you need to check it out and get that prayer guide and in the second one of course uh you know there was a question online we don't have time to answer it but lucy uh, they're asking about emm for those people that don't know what disciple making movements are and the process you use can they find out about that on the website and what's the best way for them yeah. to get in touch with you to find out about that there is actually, there is um, on the navigation bar, there is a disciple making, and we have information for, for there. Uh, excellent, excellent. So, Joel, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to find out more about your ministry and also your involvement with you? So, my webpage is just 
It's called joelstrumpet.com. And um, I also have a YouTube channel. If you just type in Joel Richardson on YouTube, I do regular videos and sometimes I'll interview some of the leaders in the underground church or share testimonies and this type of thing. That's fantastic. And I know our audience is going to want to reach out to you um, as well. So we, I just want to applaud you for catching the vision for Iran and, and getting involved and getting, you know, going to the level of making now two films about the movement in Iran. Joel, I just thank you for that. And uh, we at Hartford Iran are all about, you know, hey, let's let's bring light to what God is doing in Iran. I think ultimately it's going to bring glory to God. And mm-hmm. so I think thank you for being a part of that. And it's it's uh, great to get to know you through this platform as well. Um, I want to give an update that we have raised 196 Bibles during this webinar. That means we still have 188 left uh, for today. So we didn't make it during the time unless somebody jumps on in the next five minutes uh, to finish this up. But we're praying that we're going to make that goal, 684 Bibles today by the end of the day. So 488 left. So thank you to all of you that are watching this and gave and uh, wanted to send a Bible to Iran, 196. I just want echo what Mike said as well. Um, you know, these are great ministries. Heart for Iran is all about our partner ministries. GCM is one of them. Uh, Joel, we're welcoming you. This is our first time really getting to know you. We're welcoming you to the Heart for Iran family as well. Uh, we just want to encourage everyone out there, get to know these ministries, support them, encourage them. Uh, really, it is just a small family of ministries working together uh, for the people of Iran, but God is doing great things. Uh, in spite of that. So uh, I would just want to encourage you to give to that. Mike, what else should we share today? I do want to go ahead and uh, and invite our audience to join us uh, in January. January. We are going to uh, in Hartford Iran webinar series. Uh, Brother Gilbert Hosepian. Uh, Gilbert um, has a ministry called Send Me Out Ministries through worship and, and praise. He's been uh, reaching uh, the very people who martyred his father and um and uh, the, the story that we're going to capture and share with you is a story of grace love and and god's uh, providence um and you're going to hear about his efforts late um latest efforts in reaching the refugee population uh across uh middle east in particular turkey so make sure you join us in january to in our webinar talking with our brother gilbert ACM has been a dear partner of Heart for Iran for years. And we're just blessed to be able to take a moment and share of, of what they're doing. Their, their ministry has high impact. Folks, we want to ask you to please visit their website. Uh, partner with them. Uh, give towards their work in, in Middle East, in difficult regions that Lucy says she will not be able to mention the names. Their work is a powerful, powerful work. So please, when you partner with them, you're partnering with us. You're partnering with us work. You are taking part in Great Commission. They also have a Giving Tuesday campaign that is available on their website. Please go ahead and take a look. We are uh, urging you guys to partner with us. Uh, we have $7 a Bible, and we have uh, about 400 that are left to be sent to the country of Iran. We want to ask you to partner with Joel uh, Richardson, he has a gift of being able to capture God's heart through media. Uh, visit his website. Uh, his is going to be on the, on the screen. Um, and uh, we bless you and we honor you. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I think it's only fitting for us to finish uh, uh, with, with a prayer of blessing for, for our ministry partners. But before doing so, I just wanted to see if Lucy or Joel um, uh, you have roughly about 30 seconds each if you guys wanted to uh, share one, any last words with our audience. Yeah, just that, you know, people ask us all the time, how can we pray for you? And a very simple prayer um, that we always ask people to pray is John 8, you know, the very last verse where Jesus disappears into the crowd. And so we always ask, we pray for the underground church just to ask that um, we would just blend in and just disappear in the crowd and that we would be from um, anyone who seeks us harm and that the, the we would be able to do the work the Lord's called us to. Amen. Joe, how about your last 30 seconds, brother? I just want to say, uh, Dr. Mike and to the whole staff with Heart Free Run, thank you so much for having Lucy and I uh, as guests today for this web- webinar. And thank you so much for all 
that you're doing um, in Iran and throughout the Farsi-speaking, Persian-speaking world. We really appreciate it, and it's a blessing and honor for us just to be able to uh, get to know you all better and just to enter into this partnership again with what the Lord is doing. So it's uh, it's been a real privilege for us. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. This has been amazing. What a joy. Uh, David, do you mind just closing about, I think, uh, like 10 seconds left? Uh, <laughs> you don't mind closing with anything that you wanted to share with us? Amen. No, I, I just want to thank the audience for joining us. And, you know, just as Lucy said, we just want to pray for that underground movement. Uh, keep those things in prayer. Get their prayer guide. And uh, let's just pray real quick as we close out. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in Iran. And we ask your blessings and your safety on those uh, right now that are growing the church there in Jesus' name. Thanks again for being a part of our uh, webinar today. We're looking forward to being with you next month. Uh, God bless you. And uh, reach out to us, info at heartforiran.com. Anytime with any questions, concerns, comments, uh, we want to get you connected with what's, what God's doing in Iran. Amen.